Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So today I want to share with us what I've titled, Be Still. Be Still. Amen. And it's interesting. Let me start off like this. We all have our different competencies, right? Um, You have your field where you know what you know. So you have the accountants, you have the medical professionals, you have the software engineers and all of that. And you cannot go to the software engineer and ask them to help you file a lawsuit, right? (laughs) You know, even though they are willing to help, but they can't. They don't know how to go about it, right? They may help you find a lawyer who's going to help you with your case, right? So there are things we can do individually and things that we cannot do, no matter how willing and desirous to help we are, right? Um, And those are two different things. What you can do is different from what you will do. Yes, I can give you a thousand dollars. But will I give you a thousand dollars? Think about it. I have a thousand dollars to give. You know that I have it. I can give a thousand dollars. But will I give you in particular a thousand dollars? And that is where we begin to see a divergence because when we come to God, it's all about will the Lord do this for me? Yes, we know that he can. There's no question about it. If you're seated here, you know that God can do the impossible. That God is faithful to our congregation, to the community of believers. Yes, we know in general, God can. But for me as a person, will he do it? Excuse me. I know this is our, my favorite weather time of the year, but uh, I, th- I think we were tossed into the deep end this time. <laughs> Praise God. But will God do it for you? Right? Will he do it? And internally, we are, we are convincing ourselves. We are battling with this thought. We have set up um, standards and expectations and things that qualify us for the goodness of God. Qualify us for a miracle. So when you fall short of your own standards and expectations, you now tell yourself, God will not do this because I think I did not do so, 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 and so. And especially when there is a delay, Your thought is, I know God God can, but, you know, I didn't pray yesterday and I told God that I'll be praying every day. I didn't read my Bible twice. So, I think, you know, God will not. So, even though you come to God in prayer, you're not coming in faith. Now, this is the way we go. We say, Lord, you know, you are God of everything. You are faithful. I know you can do all things. But, first of all, I just want to say I'm sorry. You know, I missed it, you know. You know, let's just, let bygones be bygones. Let's just forget, put it under the blood, and can we just move forward? Please, Lord, if you can just have mercy on me and do so and so. 
we come in that state where we feel we are not qualified for anything from God. We don't deserve anything. But did God say that he will not do it? The Bible says in the book of Matthew, let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 8 from verse 1. Matthew chapter 8 from verse 1, and I'm just going to. Jesus coming down, we're going to stick with the New Living Translation. Jesus coming down from the mountain after teaching and all of that. And the crowd, they were cheering and so excited. And verse 2, here comes this leper. Threw himself down at the feet of Jesus. And he said, I know, Lord, you can. I know, Lord, you can heal. I know, Lord, you can deliver me. The world says I'm unclean. In fact, based on the way it is, you know, I'm cursed. I'm leprous. I'm ostracized. I need to dress in a certain way and announce that I'm unclean. Lord, but if you are willing, if you are willing, you can. So it's established that he can. But is he willing to heal me? He has carried, Jesus never said to him, he's not going to heal. God didn't say he's not going to heal. But society, the world around him has told him, listen, this is a curse on you. And the Lord is not going to look down upon you and do anything for you. This is permanent. So don't even bother coming to God and asking him for healing or deliverance or salvation. No. You've done the worst. For you to get to this point, there's no salvation for you. And then, he's coming to Jesus. The one he knows who heals, who saves, who heals all manner of sickness and diseases. Then he said, Lord, I know you've done it for every other person, but will you do it for me? Because at this point, it's like, it's either you heal me or I die in this situation. He had come to the end of himself. There is no help anywhere else. Can you heal me? Yes, I know you can, but will you heal me personally? You may heal the next man, but will you do it for me? I know my failings and my faults, but will you do it for me? And this is what God did. Jesus touched him. The one who the world says is untouchable. The one who say, the world says is unlovable. The one who the world has to, you know, you have to announce that you are unclean. You dress in a certain way. And announce and ring a bell unclean. So the world parts away for you so they don't even come in contact with you. And Jesus reached out and touched him. Saying that, listen, it doesn't matter what the world says. I love you. You are accepted. You are mine. He's redeeming this soul and breaking every ideology and every thought that has kept him bound. And he said, I will. I am willing. Be cleansed. Be healed. That is the boldness we need to come to God with. You faltered. You sinned. 
you failed. You fell short. What can you do to save yourself? Who is the person that can redeem you? So why run away from the one who has help for you? So the enemy, you know, is creating all this drama in our minds and all this, all these things in our hearts, making us feel like we are not qualified and we shouldn't come to God. In other words, he's keeping us away, pushing us away from God, from help, from redemption, from restoration. When you need to be pressing. Hallelujah. Well, I want us to look at the way um, um, the psalmist put it. Because we are all dealing with something. Everybody sitting down here, we all have something that we are dealing with. Maybe you are, you are trying to handle a project. You might be dealing with a health issue in your family. There's crisis here. Or there are just things that are just beyond you and you're trusting God for the wisdom for it and it's beginning to feel overwhelming. And you know, in the world that we live in today, there's just so much crisis that you can't even find hope anywhere else. Right? Even if you say, okay, you want to take your eyes away from God, where are you going to put it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us, let us take a look at the book of um, Psalms chapter 46. Glory, glory, glory to God. This is so, so, so good. The Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 46 from verse 1, it says, God is our refuge. I want us to personalize it. It says, God is my refuge and strength. God is my refuge and strength. In other words, God is personally as a personality as he's, he's, my hiding, he's my hiding place personified. Amen? God is my hiding place. God is my stronghold. God is my, my strong tower. Amen? God is my refuge and strength. Always ready. I need this in a New Living Translation, please. Flow with me. Always ready. Always ready. God is always willing. Always ready to help. Not only is he able, he is willing, ready to help in times of trouble. So there will be times of trouble, no doubt. That's already established, right? But in those times, he's always ready. It doesn't matter how you got into that trouble. Okay. It doesn't matter. Listen. You've already made the mistake. Understand this. You've already faltered. Now you need help. You don't have the wisdom or the capability to get yourself out of trouble. But God does. Go to God. He is your refuge and your strength. 
always ready to help you in times of trouble. When you have this established in your heart, there is no room for condemnation. The Bible says in the next verse, so I will not fear. When you know that God has guaranteed your protection, that the Lord himself will preserve you, he will keep you in all your ways. Where is the reason for you to fear? What exactly is it that is coming to you? I want us to put that verse 1 in the Amplified. I think that's where I saw that thing. Verse 1 in Amplified. It says, God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable to temptation. A very present and well-proved, tested and trusted. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I will not fear. There is no room to fear. Now look at how he put it, put it in the next verse. Back to the New Living Translation. It says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come. I don't know if anybody here has experienced any earthquake in their life. You've been where it happened. That, that, that is not a fun experience. <laughs> right? You are seeing, I mean, you, even the ones you see on TV. How bad it is. But he says, even when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea, with all of this drama taking place, you know, you take a look at your left, you're seeing everything falling apart, the market is crashing, you know, the economy is not doing well, there's threats of recession coming on this way, you know, health scare here and there, COVID is ravaging again. You look around and there's just so much going on on the outside. He says, I will not fear. I will not fear. All of that is trying to sell fear to you. Tell you that you are next. There is no hope for you. You are not coming out of this. You won't make it. You are seeing things that are already, you know, institutions and organizations that have been established over the years, 100 years, all crumbling right before your eyes. And say, "I, I am just starting off. If these things are crumbling... How can I survive? Now you're comparing yourself to... God said, I am your refuge and your strength. Not the world. Not worldly institutions. I, God, am your refuge and your strength. So do not fear when the earthquakes come. Do not fear when the mountains crumble into the sea. And now in the next verse, verse 3, the psalmist now even starts to dare dare the world and say, let the oceans roar and foam. Do your worst. (laughs) He says, let the mountains tremble. Bring your threats. Bring it. As the waters surge, just do whatever you want to do. I will not fear. I will not fear. He says, in the midst of all of this going on around, the next verse, he says, there is a river. (laughs) A river that brings joy to the city of our God. The Bible says that you and I, we are the temple of the living God. Amen. 
that while all of this chaos is taking place, that the river of joy is flowing on the inside of us. The world cannot understand us. The world doesn't understand what is going on with us. There is chaos all over the place. People are running from pillar to post, but you have the joy of the Lord. You are smiling in the midst of disaster, in the midst of crisis. The Bible says that a river that brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High, God dwells in that city. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And because the Lord is with you, you cannot be destroyed. Whatever that is happening around you cannot destroy you. It cannot bring you down. It cannot displace you. Ah, the Bible says that you shall be like Mount Zion that cannot be moved. That is God speaking to you. He is your refuge and your strength. He is your refuge, your high tower, your stronghold, your strength, your protection. He is keeping you. He is upholding you with his right hand of righteousness. <laughs> uh, the Bible says that God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. That from the moment your eye pops open, protection is already established. Chaos is happening around. You went to bed not knowing what's going to happen the next day. But you woke up and woke up into protection. You are functioning in the bubble of the protection of the Most High God. Hallelujah. There is no reason to fear. There is no reason to fear. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. How difficult it gets. God is with you. You will not be destroyed. He will protect you from the break of day. Hallelujah. The Bible says the nations are in chaos. We already see that all around us. And the kingdoms crumbling. Things are falling apart everywhere. God's voice thunders. And the earth melts. While every chaos is going on, the Lord just speaks and everything melts. Hey, <laughs> glory to God. Now verse 7. The Bible says there, the commander in chief of the heaven armies, he is here among us. Think about that. You, this same you, <laughs> this same you, who never thought that God was willing to reach out to you. He seemed the Lord of the angel armies. The armies of heaven. He is with you. He is among you. He is standing ready to help. The God of Israel is our fortress. I mean, pay attention to the kind of words he's using here. He's describing this great God, this mighty God. And he's saying that he is your fortress. How many of you know what a fortress is? You know, I like to watch a lot of these medieval movies and all that. You know, and you see the way they construct things and the way they build things. When they tell you they threw somebody into the dungeon. Wow. <laughs> Those people had a, you know, a different kind of mind back then. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
He is your fortress. And so because you have this established on the inside of you, when people ask you, what is the reason for your hope? What, why are you smiling? Why are you so joyful? Didn't you see the news? Didn't you get the update? Didn't you hear the market's about to crash? Verse 8 says, come. Come. (laughs) See the glorious works of the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Come. This is not a time, you know, to want to speak too much English. No, 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 no. You need to take them to where it is happening. To the house of the Lord. This is not a time to say, you know, you know I, I went to so and so. Your school didn't do this one. Mm. Your community didn't do this for you. No, 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 no. This is God. This is God. So, come and see the glorious works of our Lord. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, I can't remember now, maybe it's chapter 3. It says, one shall say unto another, come and let us go unto the house of the Lord, unto the house of the Lord, and he shall teach us of his ways, and we shall walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall the Lord go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Amen? Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. Don't be an undercover believer. Amen? Be bold. The world is already very bold about what they are doing. Why are you being an undercover? Be bold. Be loud about it. God did it. And my God is glorious. Come, let me show you how it works. Because yours cannot stand the test of time. But my God is faithful forever. Amen? He is my refuge and my strength. That is the reason why I do not fear. It's not because of what is in my bank account. It is God. He's the reason why I do not fear. So let the earthquakes happen. Let the recession happen. Let all the regression and all the shuns happen. It's not going to affect me. Hallelujah. But I love the next verse 10. Let's go down to verse 10. Then the Bible now says, be still. Ah. Be still. The amplifier says, let be. In other words, this is my fight. All right? Now that be still right there is speaking to whatever noise you have going on on the inside of you. Whatever storm that is going on the inside of you, you are processing. You know, how is this going to work? How am I going to get over? It's looking bleak. Because a lot of times, to be honest, we let all the things around happening around us get into us. You see all the uncertainties. You see how it's not just working. You know, and you've looked at it and looked at it. And all of a sudden, you find yourself thinking about it. You go to bed, you dream, and you dream about yourself trying to work on this same thing. You wake up and it felt like you slept only five minutes because your brain kept working. You wake up tired, drained. You come before God, you don't even know how to pray about the matter. You are drained. There's so much noise going on. You have no peace on the inside of you. And the Lord said, let be. This is not your fight. Be 
still. Can you just touch your heart and say, be still. Whatever turmoil going on on the inside, be still. This is not my fight. (laughs) This is not my fight. Be still. Be still. Be still. I want us to look at this in the Amplified. It says, let be and be still. Take your hands off and be still. Calm down. The worst thing you can ever do in the face of crisis is to rush into it. Rushing with your, with your own natural wisdom. Rushing and begin to discuss the matter. Rush out and begin to try to fix it. it be, no, 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 no. First things first. Be still. Calm down. Be still. Pull back. Pull back. You don't know what to do yet. It's getting terrible. And guess what? You know, it's not like the thing starts from zero to a hundred. It starts from ninety-nine. So you don't even have the time to want to, you know, like, okay, it's like this thing is going here, so I need to begin. You don't have the time. The enemy comes at you like that. The world comes at you like that. So what do you do? You feel like you need to do something. You need to act. And especially for, you know, a lot of people, you feel like I have to be responsible. Calm down. God is your refuge and your strength. So be still. Let it be. Uh, it looks like it's a deadline. You have to sign the dotted lines today. Otherwise, you miss it. Be still. You have to agree to this arrangement. Otherwise, you're going to lose everything. Be still. This is for your own good. I mean, what, what, what are options you have? You better go along. Be still. Ah, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. You got to get into it right now. Take, Be still. You see, all these things that look like they are too urgent. That don't give you enough time to think. To process. It's better you lose it. And have your peace. Amen? Be still. And know that the, the amplifier says there, it says, and know, it now breaks down that know into recognize and understand. Two different things. I recognize that this is a pastor, legally a pastor. I accept as a pastor, I acknowledge as a pastor, but your understanding. Allows you to submit to the authority of the pastor. Your understanding allows you benefit from the blessing that flows and the grace that flows through that pastor. Just recognizing, you know, you, you go to events and you hear people say, we want to recognize the presence of. It means nothing to me. Oh, let's just welcome. Yeah, we recognize your presence, but I'm still eating my chicken anyway. But there are people who come into the room and you say, we want to recognize the presence of everything shuts down. 
because now you understand who came into the room. You have an understanding. You understand the authority, the power that I just stepped into the room. So now you, everything about you is secondary. It's all about we need to connect with this person right now. Amen? Be still and know, recognize. So, God, you are in charge here. I recognize your presence. I acknowledge your presence. But Lord, I submit to your authority. Have your way in this place. Take charge, oh God. Hallelujah. The children of Israel, in, in, when they were being delivered from Egypt, they had no understanding of the back plan, what God had already done in saving them from the people, the destruction that may come to them on the hillside. And the Lord determined that, you know what? I'm going to take you through, through, the river, through, through the sea. And he brought them to the brink of the sea. Exodus chapter 14. And he told Moses, he said, tell them, stand still. They were murmuring. The previous verses were like, oh, so you think there are not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to kill us? The turmoil on the inside of you. Now you're questioning, Lord, you saved me. I thought you told me to get married to this person. Ah. (laughs) Lord, I know I heard you. You said to take this job. Lord, you told me to come to this city. It's too cold here. Nothing seems to be working. But the Lord told you to come. When you are in the will of God, protection is guaranteed. I don't know about people who are outside his will. But all I know is, as long as you are in the will of God, protection is guaranteed. And they were just making all this noise. Lord, yes, we know that you you told this guy to take us out. But, I mean, it doesn't connect with their reasoning. All the professionals in the, in the crowd there are thinking about it. How are we going to get over this, this sea right now? If we start building a bridge, we'll be dead before we even start. Lord, how are you going to do it? This is impossible. We cannot comprehend it. Well, it is not your fight. It is not your fight. So, stand still. Let us have it in the Amplified, please. Oh, glory to God. And Moses told the people, fear not, number one. (laughs) So, there is no reason to fear. Stand still, firm, confident, and undismayed and see you cannot see until you are still please somebody help me write down one down just came you cannot see the salvation until you are still have you noticed when people are fearful you can misread a text when you are troubled on the inside You can't even understand the email that was sent to you. You are replying and the person is wondering, what is going on? Are you okay? (laughs) I don't know if it has happened to you. It has happened to me. You are troubled on the inside. 
everything going on, you are fearful. You can't even see a way out. Somebody say, this is it. This is it. I can't see it. And then the other person is feeling frustrated that you are just dumb. No. Fear cripples you. Fear shuts down your ability to process any situation. Takes away your peace. But he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you. What the Lord is doing is not just for himself. It is for you. It is for you. It is for your benefit. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are working according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One thing we need to understand is until faith is activated, peace cannot be initiated. You cannot have peace where there is a lack of faith. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. The Bible says, I will keep the Lord. He will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are stayed on him. Why? Because they trust in him. You don't trust in the Lord, no peace. The trouble that troubles the world, the plague that plagues the world will plague you. Why? Because you do not trust the Lord. Thou will keep in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you. Why? Because they trust in you because their confidence is in you because they know that you are their refuge and their strength the professionals that were in the boat with Jesus in the book of Mark chapter 4 they were all fishermen they understood the waters Jesus himself said let us go to the other side understand this. Jesus said let us go. They didn't come up with that idea. The Lord said take that job. That wasn't your idea. The Lord said go over to the other side. That was not your plan. And then while obeying God in the center of his will here comes a storm. In the Amplified, it says it's of hurricane proportion. Sweeping everything. Talk about coming with sticks to a drone fight. There is a storm coming and you are taking buckets. What are you talking about? How can you be bringing buckets when there is a hurricane happening? And all of their natural reasonings failed. Their wisdom failed. These fishermen were like, you know what? We've experienced something like this before. This is what we did and we got through it. Well, it wasn't working this time. Jesus was in the boat. They recognized that Jesus was in the boat. Did they understand the person that they had in the boat? Did they understand who the person is that was in the boat? So, after their wisdom and their abilities had failed, 
then I rushed to Jesus. I said, carest thou not? What kind of a person are you? How can you be here sleeping? And it's so funny, the Bible described it specifically. He was sleeping on a leather cushion. You know? So Jesus was very comfortable. In the midst of the storm, he had peace. In the midst, listen, nothing can destroy you. Nothing can take you down as long as you're in the will of God. It doesn't matter how bad or how terrible it gets. As long as you are standing in God's will, God brought you to this point. He will keep you. He will preserve you. From the break of day, the Lord will protect you. And so they rushed to him. Oh, so you're sleeping. You don't feel what is going, the boat has been rocking. What is wrong? What kind of a man are you? You don't care that we are perishing? And Jesus got up. I want the amplifier. Yeah, good. And he said, he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush now. Be still. Ah. Spoke to the wind like a child. Hush. The Bible didn't say Jesus got up and now spent 20 minutes praying in the spirit. From sleep, they woke him up. And he got up with sleepy eyes. I said, hush. He was in the spirit even while sleeping. His faith was still active even while sleeping. You know how some of us, we wake up in the morning, we have to warm up a little bit, maybe add a little coffee to get in the groove and then, you know, pray properly? No. Jesus was there. His faith did not drop because he was sleeping. His confidence in God did not drop because he was sleeping. He got up and said, be still. And the wind ceased. It sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. Sucked the life out of that wind. And there was immediately a great calm, perfect peacefulness. He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. Peace came immediately. And then the question he asked was, where is your faith? Your faith will cause you to be in a state of peace even when there is turmoil all around. When faith is activated, peace is initiated. You will not see the salvation until you are still. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. Faith will precede your peace. Faith will produce peace in your life. Check anybody who is troubled, running from left to right, being fearful and all that. Check it. There is no faith. You cannot have the faith of God and be fearful. You cannot have the faith of God and be without peace. It is impossible. Final scripture as I begin to wrap up. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 4. 
from verse 6 to 7. And I want us to read this in the Amplified. Philippians chapter 4. I hope that this message is lifting your spirit today. It's pointing you back to the God who is your refuge. The one who is always willing. Who is standing ready to help you. Always ready to help you. If you can dare to believe. Dare to come to him. He will heal. He will save. He will deliver. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. The Amplifier says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Somebody say anything. Do not have. Do not have. Any anxiety. There is no reason for it. Now I know it's easier said than done. But it is true. Just because I'm saying it right now doesn't mean that you step out of here, you're not going to be anxious. It is a conscious effort. When you begin to feel that trouble on the inside begins to rise, that disturbance, you interrupt that thought. Interrupt that feeling. I know whose I am. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in everything, in every circumstance, in every circumstance, no matter what it is, no matter how technical, no matter how dare it is, no matter how terminal it is, in every circumstance, and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving. So whatever the trouble is, just fill out the request form. Huh? It's not complex. Let's simplify. Let's break it down a little bit. Right? You have concerns. You have trouble. You are, you are anxious. Go to the Lord and fill out your request form. Father, this is what I'm going through right now. These are my challenges. You are my God. You are my refuge. You are my strength. There is nothing too hard for you to do. You are always willing and ready to help me in time of trouble. I stand in your presence today, ready to receive everything that you have ordained for me. I will not be moved. I will not be destroyed. I thank you for your peace. That is... Listen, you begin to write down your petition before the Lord. But guess what? In the midst of writing that thing, you begin to think back on all that he has done. He says, with thanksgiving, he said, Lord, I remember how you healed me. I remember how you saved me. I remember how you brought me out of that difficulty. Diki Muiwa, Pastor Muiwa, was talking about (laughs) how, you know, we started off the year with challenges that now it looks like a distant memory. We can't even remember the details of it. And we felt like that was going to bring us to our end. But here we are. At a new level. With a new experience. Dealing with new challenges. And we cannot even remember what we were dealing with in January. But it felt like we were not going to make it out of January. 
So you think back and say, Lord, you, you saved me in January. You brought me out. You lifted me up. I'm still standing today because of your grace, because of your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you. Listen, you begin to thank God. Faith begins to arise on the inside of you. Your confidence begins to grow. When you thank God and look back on what he has done, it creates faith for what he is yet to do. Glory to God. He says with thanksgiving, continue, continue to make your wants known to God. With thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I know that it is not working out right now, but I know that God is in the midst of this and he will protect me. He will bring me out. Glory to God. The Bible says in the next verse that when you have initiated your faith, when you have activated your faith, that now God's peace, that peace didn't come before you prayed. That peace didn't come before you went to, to God. So God's peace shall be yours. God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is that peace which transcends all understanding it is beyond human reasoning people cannot comprehend it That peace will garrison. It will mount a fortress. It will mount God over your heart and mind. What it means is your heart, your mind is baked into that peace. Even if you want to be afraid, even if you want to be anxious, you can't. You are functioning, you are looking at situations and challenges. And you can't even comprehend why people are afraid. You are trying to be afraid. You are trying to be worried with them. But you can't. You can't. This is real. Because you are seeing God in the midst of it. You have lost all the feelings. This has to be real for us. This this is what the three Hebrew boys experienced. The people that threw them in died. The people that threw them into the fire, they died. Now the person that sent people to throw them into the fire is now the one worried. And those guys were just having business meeting in the fire. Planning their next strategy. The world knows that this is a terrible situation, but they could not feel it. Oh God, I don't know. They could not feel it. They, were in the, they knew that they were in the fire, but they could not feel it. They couldn't understand it. When you walk through the fire, it 
even when you go through the waters, you will not be overwhelmed. You will not. You will be looking at the water. This water should be overwhelming me right now, but it's not happening. You know, and well, you just carry on with your life. The world around you will be afraid for your sake. So you can give them all the fear. You can take all the fear. I have peace with God. I have peace with God. Somebody say, I have peace with God. I remember many years ago. um, I think this was 2015 or so. We had this just in October like this. The very week of our anniversary celebration. Here comes this blizzard. In October, dumped this thing between, I didn't think, I don't think this thing got to Bedford. Just this region dumped this thing and caused a lot of damage in this area. I don't know, Pastor if you remember. And then, Pastor, oh wow, Alan is gone. <laughs> Just give me five minutes, please, I'm sorry. And then, we came to church for praise team rehearsal and all that preparing for this event and we saw all of the damage there was no power in the building and then pastor brian and i we were discussing what's going to happen are we is this program still going to hold and minister jonathan came and told us i don't understand if pastor knows what is going on (laughs) because he went in to meet with pastor and Pastor was the one encouraging him. Because he went in worried, concerned. Like, Pastor, what do you want to say? And he was just talking like nothing happened. We could not connect with us. We should be doing something, you know, moving poles and whatever, connecting wires. Do something. And the pastor was just chilling in his lounge and just having a good. This does not make sense. Honestly, and I'm very sure if, if, I mean, if you ask them, they'll remember this very, this has to be something, we, there's something he knows that we do not know. Because this is not normal. Because, I mean, for young men, you want to step into the situation and do something and fix something, but he had peace. There was something he knew. And that was one of the most powerful events we had that weekend. One of the most powerful weekends we had. Imagine if we came in and we saw our pastor (laughs) running up and down, panicking, sweating, and then we all joined him. Oh, yes, let's move. (laughs) Do you think he's going to have the presence of mind to want to speak to the people of God that weekend? Even if the Lord is speaking to him, he will not hear Jack. Somebody say, be still. I have the peace of God. The Lord is with me. I will not fear. Let us rise up on our feet. And I want us right now, you may not be going through any devastating situation.
You may not be faced with any crisis. You might just have some difficulties around you. You have some uncertainties around you. Or you might just have some projects that look like they are beyond you. you it's unreachable. I want you right now to begin to affirm that the God who is your refuge, the God who is your strength, the God who is very present in the time of need, that he will help you. He will give you the favor you need. He will give you the access you need. That that breakthrough is yours. We have established that he is willing to help. So take advantage of the privilege of this covenant. And I want you to begin to speak life to every situation. Speak possibilities right now. Begin to pray over your life in the name of Jesus. My God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise for your word we have received. We thank you, Father. We are your covenant children. Yes, so God, every crisis in our lives, every challenge that we are faced with, every impossible situation, we know that you can and that you will heal. You will save. You will deliver. You will bring us out. You will bring us over. You will take us into our promised land. You will take us over and into our promised land. So, Father God, we receive the promise. We receive it right now in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed or fashioned against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us in judgment is condemned for our sakes in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that you have disappointed the craftiness of the enemy. Yes, so God and your hands cannot perform their enterprise. We will not be destroyed. We will not be dismayed. We will not be moved. In the name of Jesus, we are going from faith to faith, from grace to grace, from strength to strength. And more and more, your peace is growing on the inside of us. Your peace, your perfect peace that passes all understanding is expanding, is filling and saturating our minds and our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We give you all of the glory, our God. Thank you, Lord. We speak to everything in our lives. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. In the name of Jesus. Mind, peace, be still. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let this peace permeate our homes in the name of Jesus. Let this peace fill and saturate every room in our homes in the name of Jesus. Let the joy of the Holy Ghost overflow on the inside of us. Let it begin to infect and affect our surrounding in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, somebody just give God thanks and give him praise in this place. Glory to God. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.